Would you stand please with me? Today, Lord, in this place, we have come to gather, to honor you, and to pray that you will be with us and help us to carry out what you have for us to do. We thank you. We love you. And we, we are praying for people that, for whatever reason, they are deciding not to choose Christ free of charge, have the privilege and the opportunity to say yes to the grace of God, yet there is this desire to wait. We pray that there will be a shaking, that lives and people will be reminded that this life is not all that there is. We have an appointment with Christ, and so today we pray that you will help us. We do bless you. We do give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. In your Bibles, turn with me, if you would, to the book of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter 6, verses 1 through 6. I think I'm going to read a passage in the book of Second Chronicles chapter 1. I'm going to read verses 11 and 12. A couple of verses there. But Ecclesiastes chapter 6, verses 1 through 6. And this is how it reads. There is an evil that I have seen under the sun, and it lies heavy on mankind. Man to whom God gives wealth, possessions, and honor, so that he lacks nothing of all that he desires, yet God does not give him power to enjoy them, but a stranger enjoys them. This is vanity. It is a grievous evil. If a man fathers a hundred children and lives many years, so that the days of his years are many, but his soul is not satisfied with life's good things, and he also has no burial, I say that a stillborn child is better off than he, for it comes in vanity and goes in darkness. And in darkness its name is covered. Moreover, it has not seen the sun or known anything, yet it finds rest rather than he. Even though he should live a thousand years twice over, that's two thousand years, yet enjoy no good, do not all go to the one place. Second Chronicles chapter 1 verses 11 and 12. And this is what it says. God answered Solomon, because this was in your heart. And you have not asked for possessions, wealth, and honor. I'm going to read that again. God answered Solomon, because this was in your heart and you have not asked for possessions, wealth, and honor, or the life of those who hate you and have not even asked for long life, but have asked for wisdom and knowledge for yourself, that you may govern my people over whom I made you king. Wisdom and knowledge are granted to you. I will also give you riches, possessions, and honor such as none of the kings had who were before you, and none after you shall have the like. Before you sit or as you're sitting, would you please repeat the title, Having Everything, and still unsatisfied. 
Do you not know you can have everything that life has to offer and still not be happy? Just last week, we dealt with that we need to enjoy what God gives us. We went through the passage and discussed how it is important to recognize that blessings and what we have and wealth and, and, and possessions and all of these things are a blessing from God and we are to enjoy them and do, and do not let the media try to tell you that the rich should have what they have taken away. Don't, don't fall into that trap. Don't get on the bandwagon with the media when they try to demonize the rich. Why? Because the Bible says, when we look at how it lies, that that also comes from God. Not that everybody is saved that has wealth, but here, get this. You've got to investigate and make sure you understand things before just saying yes to something that somebody else says. Today we have a, a, another matter here dealing still with wealth and possessions, but now in the opposite direction or something opposite happens with the person. I told you all, I thank God for rich people. Why? Because they can help. Thank God for poor and those that are in the middle. From the beginning of time, there has been all classes of people, and there will forever be until God comes back. Government trying to eliminate all, all excesses is just ridiculous. Some of those in the government, and government are worth $100 million. Those who talk against wealth, $194 million, $200 million. Fine, but don't demonize it if you're going to try to say, oh, that's, that's, that's crumbs or that's not much. Or, no, no, don't, don't, don't go there. Enjoy what God gives you, I told you last week. But you need to understand that blessings that God give are to be enjoyed. Now today we have a matter here that as we begin to look at and to pull apart and to dissect, we want to note in our first point, leaving God out and expecting to find joy and satisfaction. That would be verses 1 and 2 of Ecclesiastes 6. Again, we have this matter of what's called a grievous evil. Uh, we look at this matter again. It deals with that which is not dealing with moral corruption, but is dealing with a very painful situation or something difficult to observe. Never forget what Solomon is doing. He is investigating the meaning of life. And the Bible says that he searched out and he went out searching for answers. Kept no good thing from himself. Trying to find the meaning. Then we look at another word. The word that we often hear is all is vanity. From the Hebrew word or the Hebrew we get the word habel. Vanity. And habel carries according to Dr. Sproul three Three particular words, or I should say, come out of this word because it's not easily to, easy to define. We get that which is, when we look at the word vanity or rebel, that which is frustrating. Have you ever been frustrated in life? 
just frustrated. I know you even get frustrated with your kids sometimes. You, I'm just frustrated. You get frustrated on your job. You get frustrated with yourself. You even tell yourself, I'm going to do better. I'm going to make up my mind and I'm going to do that which is right. So he deals with that which is frustrating with that word. There's another word. It's dealing with that which is perplexing. We say, I just don't, I don't get it. I'm not understanding. This is perplexing to me. Deals with that word of bell. And then, thirdly, that which is fleeting. There's a nuance there with that word, fleeting. As Solomon dealt with life and looked at all angles, I think we could safely say that Solomon was one to have it all. 700 wives. 300 concubines. Anything that money could buy, Solomon had it. The honor, the recognition, people would travel from far distances just to be at the feet of Solomon. The word in the passage also that says, Something lies heavy. Something that lies heavy in verse number one, I believe it is, in our text. It deals with that which is a burden. Something that's burden, burdensome. When he says, there is an evil that I have seen under the sun, and it lies heavy on mankind. That which is burdensome. A grievous evil. That which is painful. Again, we must keep in light and we must keep in mind that he's searching and some important things that he has discovered. He's discovered that life is not forever. You need to understand that life is not forever. I take vitamins ever so often because I want my body to do well. And sometimes when I have a headache, I'll take some Tylenol and ibuprofen together. I'll take the medicine. Sometimes I have to be told. Why don't you take something for your headache? Well, I think I'll be okay. I just, maybe I just haven't had enough sleep. And so here I am in pain and won't take sometimes the medication that would help me. I had to take medication or some Tylenol and ibuprofen twice this week because of a headache. When I even woke up, I know it was dealing with dehydration. And so I had to make sure I drank water. But after taking the medication, I felt better. But I know that that wasn't the problem. I needed to drink some water and get enough rest, which I did, and that solved the problem. There are people today that's putting Band-Aids on gaping wounds and think that they're okay. You can't put a Band-Aid on a hole that you got in your leg that needs to be treated. You've got to take other precautions. You've got to treat the problem. Today, we've got people that's wanting to treat the symptoms and not the problem. You're not going to live forever, he discovered. He's also discovered that there are some things that just did not seem right. There's some things you look at. You just sometimes look at things and you say, that's just not right. You've done it. I've done it. That's just not right that that person got that Lamborghini and I don't have it. I'm coming down Mount Tamapais on last week and I see a I'm going up as I come to the bottom, a Lamborghini, a Porsche, and all these cars zooming up the hill. And I said, oh, I wanted to turn around in my eclipse and go after them. But all that 
Charlotte. I admire, I just, I admire those type of cars. It had all these different colors in that Lamborghini. And it go, boom, 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 boom. And I'm just looking back, oh, I'm looking in my mirror trying to see them. I wasn't envying. I was just like, oh, that is so cool. But there would be some people, hmm, look who, how did they get that? Maybe they worked for it. He discovered that life under the sun or on this earth sometimes is filled with, with pain as well as joy. When he talks about things under the sun, he's talking about things on this earth. There are things under the sun that we experience. So whenever Solomon is dealing with things under the sun, he is talking about life on this earth. Then he's also discovered, which is the finality of the book, that the best thing that one could do is enjoy what God provides and honor, and and, and honor God. Ultimately, that's important, the most important. I have heard people say and tell me what is important to them. Some people believe that once they amass all type of stuff, all these items, that they will be happy And really be able to live. If I can just get these items, I will be good. I'm good to go is what they sometimes say. I've come to see an important theme in the book of Ecclesiastes. And that is we need to be careful and that we are not fooled into believing that there is a magic number of items that will make us happy. There's not 104 things and you finally will say, oh, I'm good, I'm happy, bless the Lord. No, you can have everything and still be unsatisfied. Right after Solomon concludes chapter 5 with some important insight of enjoying what God provides, he continues in chapter 6 with this theme of wealth, possessions, and honor. However, there's an opposite matter that occurs. The person has it all, but the person can't enjoy it. It's a sad thing when you have everything and really can find no satisfaction in those things. People who have, who, who have said that money and wealth, etc., is the only thing that they need And they go after it full force only to discover years later that they are still unhappy. Solomon said last week, as we've mentioned, that one should enjoy the labor. Do you not know that what you work for, you appreciate more? That which you work for, you appreciate more. That which you have put the effort to, you appreciate more. You go out and spend a thousand dollars on a couch and a and a seat there, and then somebody come over and starts jumping their kids, jumping on your couch with their shoes. Yo, hey, 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 hey! You're going to try to stop them. Why? Because you spent all that money for that. You, hey, hey, get, get, no, y'all can't come over no more. Get, get, get. Y'all got to go. Be looking at them <laughs> you gonna get your kid? What? <laughs> Kids don't know. Thousand dollar, two dollar make no difference to them. They having fun. They have fun. But we 
understand that we place values on things. Solomon said, but if God doesn't give you the ability to enjoy it, and I can enjoy it, he said, it is good to just enjoy what God gives. But now we've got a situation where this person has it all, and they can't enjoy it. Because they have failed to recognize that it is God who gives you the ability, ability to even enjoy things. You see, there are people who run after things, and they think that if I get it, that's going to do it. But I have come to discover that if God is not included, you will never still find ultimate satisfaction. God cannot be left out. If he's left out, you will only be holding your possessions. Wealth, honor, and joy will be fleeting. The next interesting thing that we need to note is that the, man, the man's items, who has these items that's going to eventually go to a stranger, it says, they're not lost. I told you last week, I believe it was, that when a person loses money in the stock market, it's not lost. It's just changed hands. You don't have it. They do. It's just changed hands. So you say, I lost. Yes, your loss was someone else's gain. When we look at this matter of a person having items, and and this miser, as we look at in chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, has these things, but he's storing up these things for a stranger. Not even a person in his family, a stranger. I'm going to tell this story that I told before, but it, 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 as I was reading this, the thought that even this morning came to mind. I told you this. I was working as a dishwasher in Sausalito at Houlihan's, right on the corner of Bridgeway, and I think that's Princess Street, that, that Samantha knew where it is, and she lives in Sausalito. But, but Princess Street, there used to be the, that restaurant that's right there on, on the top, if you're going towards Sausalito on the left side, used to be Houlihan's. Nice place, nice facility. Well, I used to work there. Me and uh, a couple of other guys from Marin City. And, but I was in school, and I went there, and I was a dishwasher. I specifically signed up for a dishwasher. It was Marvin Williams. He says, hey, you should apply for a job here, and they're hiring. And so I felt, well, that might be good because I'm in class in school during the daytime, it would afford me the time and the hours to be able to get there and maybe put a little bit of gas in the car, in the vehicle. And so I got the job, but I told the manager I can't work Sundays. If he said you would have to work Sundays at 11 o'clock, I would not have, for me, I wouldn't have taken the job. That's me. Everyone can't do that. But I said I won't take the job. But I was a dishwasher. I enjoyed my job. I think I went in making $5 an hour. Hallelujah. It's good money back then. Y'all don't be looking at me like that. And my job was to keep things clean. Well, on the Saturday night that I was working at this particular time, I would work Saturday and close and then Sunday have to come to church, and then Sunday afternoons I would go back to work. I said I could work Sunday, but it would have to be after church, and so they made my schedule for 2 o'clock. Well, on this particular day, evening, I was working there, and there was a group, a band called the Marin All-Stars that used to come in there, excellent jazz group. I used to just come out the kitchen and want to just listen to them. 
But they were they were really good. And people would had always had a lot of people in the bar area. And so I would come out and go come out, you know, get the, the, the various things at times that I needed to do and supply the bar. But I didn't have to come out a whole lot. But I went to the restroom on this particular day, and two gentlemen came in, and they said, and didn't know that I was in, in there. I heard one of them say, I have everything I could ever want. Why am I so unhappy? And immediately, with, I didn't blurt it out, I said, because you don't know the Lord. <laughs> now, I didn't say it out loud. I said, you don't know the Lord. I knew the answer. And his friend didn't even, couldn't respond. I knew the answer. He says, I have everything. Why am I so unhappy? To this day, that has stuck with me. I must have been 19 or 20. That has stayed with me to this day. Could buy anything he wanted. Had everything, but yet there was no joy. There was no peace. There was an emptiness. He had the material possessions, but he didn't have the Lord. And this is where we find this man. Has all the possessions, but he doesn't have the Lord. Solomon says in verse 2 that God does not give him power to enjoy his possessions. There have been people when they've got to the end of the rope, the end of the line, and have had it, they would then sometimes say, is this all? Is this all that there is after all that I've done? Is this it? When you get to the end of days and you reflect over your life, you're going to have to answer questions. Will you, you're going to have to ask, did I please God? Or will you be saying, is this it? Is this all there is? In Chronicles, when Solomon made his request to the Lord for wisdom, the Bible says that it so pleased God that Solomon did not ask for wealth, possessions, or honor, but asked for wisdom, that the Lord said to him, Solomon, it has pleased me that you did not ask for wealth, wisdom, or wealth, honor, and possessions, but you asked for wisdom. He says, I'm going to give you wisdom, so much so that there will be no one like you before you or after you. And then I'm going to give you what you didn't ask for, wealth, possessions, and honor. Now, when the Lord gives you wealth, possessions, and honor, he gives you the ability to be able to enjoy them as well. Do you understand what I'm saying? This man was saving up. He was a miser. He he didn't have joy. It's not that he didn't have anything he had at all, but he didn't have the experience being able to have God be the one where he found his joy and peace in. Point number two, using hyperbole or exaggeration to make the point. Verses three through six. Verses one and two go together as a unit, and then three through six. Sometimes they might break it down one through three, but one and two seems to be a unit. But Solomon uses what we call hyperbolic language, hyperbole. And he says, if a man fathers a hundred children, now, now, it is not common for a man to father, it is possible, but not common for a man to father a hundred children. And so what is Solomon saying? He is using this hyperbolic language to make a point. So it says, if a man fathers a hundred children and lives many years, not only fathers, 
But it was also considered a blessing according to the commandment of obeying God in Exodus chapter 20. That if you obey your parents and honor them, that God will bless you with the long life. So not only does he father many children, because it was a blessing to have children, and many thought it was a curse to not have children. So he's blessed if he could have children and then a long life. So that the Bible says, even along his years are many, but his soul is not satisfied with good things, with life's good things. And then on top of that, he has no burial. It was considered a disgrace. Not to be buried. Now get this. We've got a very wealthy man, which a burial should not be a problem. He has all these children, and you would think one of them would have buried their father. But that didn't happen. And, and, and so he says he has all these things and not even a burial. I say that a stillborn is better off than he. What is Solomon? Solomon often goes to, Solomon goes to these extremes. And making these comparisons. Why? Because he oftentimes looks at things as a matter of life and death. The fact of the matter is that we have a beginning, and he says all the way through we're looking at life, but at the end, everyone comes to the same end, death. But in that middle part there, that middle area, there should be the, the ability and the, and the privilege to enjoy life. Solomon is looking for answers. He says, this is vanity. This is Hard to understand, painful to look at. And how would he know? Because Solomon could see these things. He experienced, he saw, and then could write about him. For it comes in vanity and goes in darkness. Here this child, he says, stillborn, he comes and goes off the scene. And yet he uses this, this language to really draw a point. What is the point? That you can have all these things, but if you don't have the ability to enjoy them, you're really no better off than a child or a parent who has a miscarriage and loses a child. That's some very powerful and deep language. If you leave God out, you are going to have a problem. While this man may have searched for rest, there was no rest. There was no rest for his soul. Why? Because God was not the one that he sought. Moreover, it has not seen the sun or known anything, yet it finds rest rather than he. Even though he should live a thousand years twice over, yet enjoy no good. Then he says, do not all go to one place. If you had the ability to live 2,000 years and yet still not have joy, what does it profit you? What, what do you gather? He's saying if this man had all of this and then could live all, of the t- all this time and then at the end, he still has to experience death and during that time not have joy? What's the problem? There is a fundamental misunderstanding that joy is given by The Lord. You see, when we consider the fact of God and look at God, we've got to understand this. You may go after possessions, and you may come to the end of your years, and even though you might evaluate, you will then say, I thought this would bring me satisfaction. The problem is that you went on, it should have been two tracks. You should have been pursuing God. And it would be fine to pursue possession, but you shouldn't have left one out. Most people pursue possessions, and they leave God to the side. 
And this is where we find this individual here. What Solomon says basically, man, these things are good, but you've got to put them in perspective. You've got to be able to enjoy them because it's God who gives. It's the Lord who gives the ability to enjoy. When I consider going to South Carolina at times when we were kids, there wasn't a whole lot. We all lived in this small little house. We, we found room. We found, slept on the floor, the bed. We found slept wherever there was. I mean, it, that, it had, what, two, two or three little bedrooms or two bedrooms, I think? Two bedrooms. So you got our family, that's six. Grandma Ethel, seven. My mom's sister, Sherry, eight. Grandpa Henry, nine. My grandma Lula. Ten. One year, Sherry's brother, Michael, came. Eleven. Where did we all sleep? But you know what? There was no complaining. We enjoyed each other. We ate breakfast every morning. Can't, you cannot tell me they make grits up here like they make them in the south. Whatever they do to those grits with eggs and sausage and bacon. Oh, my goodness. Thank God. Please don't ever have to let me give that up. There's some good food down south in biscuits and molasses. And my grandpa would make molasses. My grandmother would make the preserve. Oh, we'd have a wonderful time. We'd have dinner together. We ate good every night, laughing and having fun around the table. That well water, good. We had a wonderful time. No TV. Run up and down the street, hot, running into the woods, getting ticks on us. Thank God I didn't, I don't, I didn't get bit. Had a wonderful time. God gave us the ability to enjoy. We thought we had a lot, but no, we didn't have a lot then. But we had relationships. We have the ability to enjoy family. And I tell you this, if you enjoy what God gives, you can have a wonderful time. I've had people tell me, as I bring this to a conclusion, I have people tell me, my pursuit is to have things, it's money, it's possessions. I've had people tell me that. I'm not talking about people who had obligations and responsibilities, but that was their only pursuit. And they told me this. And to this day, not only are there these individuals, to my knowledge, not in church, they're still pursuing those things, and I don't see a change in their enjoyment or demeanor. I think Solomon is so accurate, so true in this hyperbolic language that you can have all these things and live a thousand years, two thousand years, but if it's not God that puts the joy in your heart, you will be forever empty. People, let me tell you, you don't want to be like this man in chapter 6, verses 1 through 6, who, who held on and, and, and would not share to only lose his things to a stranger and only to eventually lose his life and be compared to a child that was a stillborn. You don't want to be person like that, but you want to be a person that says, God, I'm going to enjoy this, what you give. I'm going to enjoy what you give.
Some of you need to stop feeling guilty today for wanting to enjoy life. Some of you feel guilty. I used to got a car, try to hide the car around the corner because I didn't want my neighbors to see it. Thinking, oh, what my neighbors going to think. I needed a car. Oh, let me go hide it down the street. I would do that because I was concerned that that would make me feel bad. Oh, but yes, the Lord has blessed. Thank the Lord. Yes. Needed and God said, how are you going to pay? I don't know the Lord's going to provide a God and don't even have the payments for you. But God's going to work it out. And he did. I've been praying for a Lamborghini. I don't know if God's going to give it to me before I leave this earth. But I might be. I'm praying. And I'm not going to let Rhonda drive it. Forget it. <laughs> As we conclude, when we consider this matter of this man, I want to give you the finality of, of what Solomon comes to. And we won't see that in towards the end of the book. But I want, I want to give that to you. And I've given it to you before. His charge is, understand this, that it is better to trust and fear the Lord and honor him, live for him, enjoy what he gives. It is the best thing to do is to honor and fear God. Would you bow your heads? Having everything still unsatisfying. May that not be you. Lord, we pray today that people in here that are believers first, that have given, been given the wonderful privilege of having a personal relationship with you, first of all, which is wonderful and most important, that we pray for those that have struggled in their hearts and their minds to really appreciate you and what you have given, that you will put a such a desire, such a longing for you and such a heart of gratitude for what you have provided that they will always remember to say, blessed be the name of the Lord. May the Lord be praised forever because God has put joy in my heart for what he's given. Then for those, Lord, who are still believers, but yet there is an, they haven't allowed you to bring the joy into their spirit. The Holy Spirit is already wanting to do and to give and is ready to make himself fully known, yet there's been a blocking. Would you allow these individuals to be able to experience the joy of the almighty God. With their sadness, replace it with a heart of thanksgiving and joy and gratitude. And then for those who don't know you, Lord, we are praying that they'll say yes to you and no to sin. Those who have not made a commitment, first of all, to the Savior, to say, I'm sorry for my sins against you. Is there anybody in this place with eyes closed? Those, is there anyone in here that has, that has not said yes to the Lord? Says, I want to make the Lord my Savior. I'm willing to accept the gift that God provides.
That's okay. Anybody in this place that says yes to Jesus, I want to say yes to the King. Lord, for everyone that's here, we are praying for those that have not said yes to you, that you will stir the spirit in their hearts to say yes to the King. And Lord, for the wonderful privilege of being able to gather as a church body and to be able to love you, to be able to enjoy the fellowship of believers, everyone together coming to have a time in worship and fellowship. We thank you. And then, Lord, for our vendors, those who provide the various items for the church, those that bring the items and then put it together here and set it out for the people, thank you for them, for they provide a service. (laughs) Even in the book of Acts, Lord, where there was a problem that arose, it was those that were assigned to carry out the food ministry. You did that. It was part of the ministry. Every aspect of this body we pray for, every every auxiliary department person we pray for right now, that not only will they carry out their work with gratitude and excellence, but that they'll do it with the joy of the Lord. We bless you and give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. May the Lord bless you this day.